You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome, Auburn, into the Friday edition of Sports Call Live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan LaVoy. I'm the host of this fine program. Today, I've got Cam Berry and Brooks Childress with me here as we have several things to hit on throughout today's show on this fun Friday. Uh, We will have a few thoughts on the 7-on-7 camps continuing to go on at Auburn over the last couple of days. Uh, We've got some breaking news from college basketball. Auburn just got a commitment from a JUCO forward. We'll tell you about him in just a couple of moments. Uh, We'll also have thoughts on... Not only the uh, NBA Finals continuing on, but also the Major League Baseball ranks where the Atlanta Braves had a special performance last night in Truist Park on a special evening for uh, the Bally Sports crew, too. So we'll talk a little bit about that and much more today. Of course, all your phone calls on the Auburn Bank phone line at 334-887-341 locally or toll-free 1-889-TIGER-9. Birthdays and sports nightly TV guide. Also a what to watch for over the weekend coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Again, Ryan can Cam and Brooks with me here this afternoon. Cam, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. Enjoying a, uh, a very nice Friday, day before poker run. So uh, excited to be spending the day out there uh, on Lake Martin tomorrow. Um, having uh, Enjoying that. Um, and, um, yeah, uh, you know, I uh, was out at the at the Auburn football facility um, kind of, you know, walking around and met up with our friend of um, uh, friend Trevon Reed, uh, spoke with him and got to catch up with him for a little bit and um, uh, just, you know, watched, watched a little bit of seven on seven and just watched the guys do some drills and, and different things like that. Um, and um, Auburn's uh, 2024 QB commit Walker White is in town. Um, there is also the number one player in the state of Mississippi, uh, did not catch his name, unfortunately, um, who is, who is here. Um, you know, he's a D lineman and he's, uh, he's here on an official visit. So a lot of things going on, a really, really busy, uh, around the football, um, world kind of there's, there's, they're working on, you know, getting commitments and, uh, um, uh, or well, putting out offers at the very least. Um, they offered, they offered that, uh, that that uh, quarterback out of uh, from Thompson that that was the eighth grader they offered him a couple of days ago I think his name is Trent Seaborn if I remember correctly sounds from, yeah um, and uh, he got he got an offer after winning the seven on seven championship uh, on Wednesday and uh, he uh, he got that offer or maybe it was Tuesday uh, and so that that'll be definitely interesting they're getting on him early it seems uh, he's already got offers from a bunch of other schools of course uh, he seems uh, like he's going to be a very legitimate talent 
um, and he was already starting as an eighth grader on the high school on the var- on the varsity team. So uh, he he seems to be pretty legit. Um, and then yeah, uh, Oklahoma winning the uh, women's college world series last night over Florida State. I mean that's you know probably to be expected. I think we all kind of saw that coming. weren't really surprised when that happened whatsoever. Um, I mean they have a, a uh, college record 53 wins in a row uh i mean you know they went 61 and one um like that that's pretty much it at that point you can't really um you, you pretty much expect them to win the national championship at that at that point and uh three in a row now three peats so you know patty gasso um out there just tearing it up and and oklahoma has continued to dominate and uh ready for game four tonight and that that's really what i'm looking forward to just excited to to watch some hoops um continue to see you know if uh, Miami can answer back after Denver took game three in Miami uh, I think we both thought that the heat were gonna win that one but it just seems like the I mean when you when, when Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic both drop triple doubles it's kind of hard to lose uh, kind of hard to beat them so 30 point uh, triple yeah 30 doubles point that, triple yeah. doubles at that exactly so you know first time that's ever been done in history uh, first time two teammates have ever done it um, triple doubles in history in, in the NBA Finals, if I'm if I remember correctly. Yep, first time um, the thirty yeah, point triple and, double. Yeah, yeah and, I mean just ridiculous, uh, ridiculous stuff to see. Uh, so I mean, those that watch anybody, if y'all watch out there, you witness history, and that is pretty cool. Um, especially with with how long the NBA has been going on. I mean, just there's new history still being made. Um, so that that's always cool. But yeah, I'm doing great. Ready for Friday, and uh, glad to be here. Absolutely. Covered a lot of things right there. Uh, yes, Oklahoma did cap off their dom- dominant softball season, winning a, a close one last night, 3-1 to one against Florida State. And of course, that also means the conclusion of softball. The Super Regionals for college baseball have begun today. Uh, across the country saw Duke uh, defeat Virginia 5-4 to four in the very first game of the, uh, the afternoon. And of course, there'll be several super regional games today and, and throughout the weekend as they kind of stagger those. They got Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. They got Saturday, Sunday, and Monday series all lined up throughout the weekend. Brooks Childress also on the show today. Brooks, Brooks how are you doing? Well, it's been an interesting day for me. Yes, it um, has. I, you know, we, we were we had some we're getting ready for our annual poker run tomorrow, so we've been running around doing a lot of stuff. That's why I'm a little tardy getting in here i was testing our sound system for tomorrow uh, in case we need to get uh, news get that to thing me out yeah <laughs> um and so i've been working a lot on that doing regular stuff and then got here to work and car battery died uh oh, man. right right after i was trying to go get some breakfast uh shortly after i got here yeah. and my car battery was dead and so took it up to uh advanced auto parts want to shout out roxanne my girl hooked me up heard that her and her uh, husband are listeners of the podcast That's sports awesome. call, and so want to shout out uh, want to shout out Roxanne for uh, helping me out today, um, and yeah, so now we're we're back. Battery's good. Battery <laughs> of the car is good. We we cranked right up, and we're we're ready for a gr- great afternoon of sports call, sports talk, and. You know, I, I can't wait. I, I really can't wait to get to our Braves segment whenever we get to that during oh, the yeah. show because, oh, man, that I didn't was even fun touch last on night. that. Yeah. So, can't wait to get to all of our callers, too. They're always fun to talk to. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll get to, we'll have an extended Braves segment a little bit later. Just 
there's very few times throughout the course of 162 game regular season that one game deserves a lot of talk but uh, I think last night's game would certainly qualify for a number of reasons we start today though as we do whenever this is the case we've got some Auburn news start with some Auburn basketball today because breaking right around the time the intro played uh, this afternoon a few moments ago Auburn got another basketball commit for 2023 it is a in the form of a Juco power forward a Darren Scott uh, who is a power forward slash center at 6-9 uh, again yeah. averaged about 9-7 and seven in Juco last year figures to be clearly a depth piece I, I looked up two numbers to just give you an idea that he is clearly a player around the rim he only attempted last year in junior college. He only attempted 23s. He only made five of them. Uh, and his free throw shooting is going to make people oh, no. uh, cover their ears. 43.8% from oh, the foul line uh, that last hurts. year. That 28 of 64. So <sighs> clearly a guy that will be playing around the rim. Uh, but uh, this for me, came kind of out of nowhere. I, I, I realized that he did come on a visit a couple of days ago, right. but uh, you try, you know, I guess any visit for basketball this time of year means they're working on it. But uh, Auburn has a, another commit and another guy for down around the rim. We talked about that uh, depending on where Chad Baker, Mazzara, Chris Moore kind of fit in uh, to the three and four positions. You really were still looking at Williams starting at four, Broom at five, Cardwell at five, and then I guess to some degree you don't know where Chaney Johnson will end up playing. But yeah, definitely could still use someone else in the mix down low, and Auburn has added someone else to the mix down low. Yeah, so uh, I, I with this addition with uh, Darren Scott, I see um, I see him playing more of, of the four now, definitely, um, and having you know Cardwell. Um, you know, Cardwell and, and Janai at the five kind of locked into that. Um, have <clears throat> have uh, a Darren backup, um, uh, Jalen Williams at the four, move Chain Johnson down to the three. Maybe, I mean, obviously, you know, he can kind of shift around, but I think he'll probably be probably now be playing predominantly in that three spot, um, behind um, um, CBM. Um, and so I, I, I think that's kind of how it's going to, going to kind of shake out with our, with our front court. Um, the, the free throw shooting will be something to be desired. He's got two years of eligibility remaining. Uh, so we'll, you know, we'll kind of see, but it seems like he's, uh, obviously a depth piece, like you said, Ryan, um, and has some room to room to improve. I think this, that, that, um, Bruce Pearl and, and this staff see something in him um, as a down low post player. You know, he's only about six, nine, um, but you know, he could, he could fall into that role that kind of Jalen has maybe learn. Uh, maybe he can learn to stretch out a little bit and, and get out there and maybe shoot a little bit here and there. But uh, just right now, I think just focusing on him, you know, just getting inclement, uh, impl- impl- acclimated, that's the word into the program and, and figuring it out. Uh, that'll, that'll be something to watch for. So just another depth piece for this team and, uh, somebody that can, uh, score and, and, and rebound a little bit. Yeah, I was, uh, I was looking at the, uh, on three article for, uh, for him signing here from our friend, Jeffrey Lee. Um, Auburn was definitely the biggest school he was considering. Uh, there, there's, you know, a few other schools that were in the mix for. Hey, give for me the signings. names if they're on there. Do, do you really want them? Uh, um, yeah, no, because we need the con- we need all the context. Cho- here. Chose the Tigers over South Florida. 
Okay. Lamar. Oh no. Texas A&M Commerce. Oh wow. And Alabama State. Whoa. Interesting. So he he definitely Auburn was the the top guy that was in in the mix for for his signing for Scott's signing. Um, apparently, you know, reading through the article from Jeffrey Lee, if you want to read the whole thing, go you know, over to our friends over at On3. Um, but the official visit a couple days ago really played a big factor into it. Uh, he's a big fan of Bruce Pearl and uh, Corey Williams. Uh, uh, those are the two guys that brought, you know, that were main getting him here. And, you know, he, he has a quote in here saying that, you know, he the coaches understand that uh, he hasn't been playing basketball that long, since just since eighth grade. And that they are uh, ready to help him develop his game and take him to the next level. So you know, it's it's like he's he's not going to be a guy that's you know he's starting raw. day one. Yeah, he's he, raw he's, talent. He's got a, some raw talent. Hopefully, you can get him in. Bruce Pearl can um, can help you know develop him into a, a good role player, and we can see him uh, play some some good minutes for the Tiger. You know, he, uh, like we said, probably not going to be a, a main starter, but you know, he, he's a guy if you can develop him right. And you know Bruce Pearl has been able to develop a lot of guys that he can he can come in and get some good minutes and uh, once you get down the stretch here. Yeah, I, I think this could be as I insert my speculation here. I Do think it. this could be an admission that Auburn's just not sure between Cheney Johnson and Chris Moore if they've got someone they truly like at the four uh, to back up uh, Jalen Williams. I and I also think that it's okay at this point to not be sure about that and to have different types of players. Uh, we know that Chaney Johnson was kind of a, a higher scorer at the D2 level. We know that this kid, Darren Scott, uh, was more of an energetic rebounder because he was averaging about seven rebounds per game. And uh, I guess uh, I'm trying to figure out how many minutes it was, but, yeah. um, but averaged about seven rebounds a game. And so... Um, at 6'9", that's solid, certainly in the college game. Uh, and then you've also got Chris Moore, who is kind of that hustle guy that uh, developed a really Blue nice guy. open three yeah. uh, last year. I, I would not say Chris Moore would be capable of creating it himself, but when he was able to spot Close up, stand corner. still, absolutely, uh, he actually was making some threes last year. So kind of a little different in some, uh, some of those guys' skill sets. Uh, for potentially backing up Jalen Williams at four. And also, again, if you're not overly wowed by this, again, and there are some things not to be overly wowed by, especially uh, as you just heard, you know, South Florida would be considered the next biggest school that offered him and then uh, the, the free throw shooting and all of that. Um, we're talking about roster spot like 11 or 12 right here. We're, yeah. not, we're not talking about a guy that necessarily will even play by the end of the year. Now, yeah. Bruce Pearl likes to roll out teams that play more players than the average college team. They, they like to play 10, 11, 12 10, yeah. uh, early in the year. Yeah, uh, It's honestly to the point where I wouldn't mind one or two less. I'm more of an eight or nine uh, type of person. But yeah. um, 10, 11, 12 is usually what Bruce wants to roll out there with. And so when you're factoring all that in, it's okay if, if Darren Scott does not end up being – a productive player or if Cheney Johnson if, if this level's too high for him or or what have you as long as you find kind of one of these guys yeah. to be comfortable with at the end of the day you don't have to have all three be productive for you and I think that they are just trying to look I think they're looking for a different skill set here and a high energy guy 
uh, that, that is also kind of big, a bit athletic, uh, that can play that four. And so, again, this is not, you know, somebody that's going to be promised 20, 25 minutes a game or anything like that. It's going to be someone that will be vying for backup power forward minutes. So uh, as we uh, go through the entire roster real quick here, again, a an update of everything depth chart-wise. Uh, we, again, don't have any inkling right now on who will start between Trey Donaldson and Aiden Hallway, but those are your two point guards. You got Denver Jones and Katie Johnson at the shooting guard. I guess you could factor in and throw in a, as a third guy, Leor Berman there. Yeah. Um, he would de- technically be more of a, a shooting guard than small forward. Small forward right now, I would assume the starter would be Chad Baker Mazzara from what we understand. Right. Uh, that's when you get into the Chris Moore dynamic or what you classify Chaney, Chaney Johnson in. Let's, for the sake of this argument, call Chris Moore a small forward. For so sure. then power forward, you have Jalen Williams, Chaney Johnson, and now Darren Scott. And center, you now have, or you have Janai Broom and Dylan Cardwell. I believe that is twelve. Yes, uh, that I that I just stated. Yeah. So, um, and uh, it seems like Bruce is uh, is not going to use that thirteenth scholarship, um, and that twelfth one is probably going to go to Leor as a yes. as a scholarship um, walk on. So. so they are likely done. Yeah. That is likely, likely the depth this chart will now. Be your roster. As I as I just said, you know there are there's certainly some guys as you get down the line a little bit that could slot into multiple positions down there at the the three and four. I think the moral of the story is um, that is a tremendous starting lineup. Assuming either Aiden Hallway lives up to the ceiling or Trey Donaldson takes the step that he was beginning to take in the tournament. Denver Jones is a high level scorer. Chad Baker Mazar has shot that thing wherever he has been. Uh, in college basketball, whatever level he's been at, Jalen Williams is a is a underrated uh, and and potentially underutilized guy in the post area, that eight to twelve foot area. So he's a productive player. We'll see what his usage rates like this upcoming year. And then Janai Broom, obviously a guy that almost uh, parlayed a, a a great summer workout session into an NBA deal. Uh, he will be. With the starting center that starting lineup is quite good now there will be clear questions again at that three four position um and no not the three four outside linebacker just the the small forward or power forward position uh i i do like that katie johnson will be back as a, a veteran guy i understand that there is some volatility to his performance certainly uh, but it is nice to have someone that's proven to score at the SEC level at the guard position just in the event that Donaldson and Holloway are not as good as you're hoping them to be. Now, that does not mean Katie Johnson runs a bunch of point guard, but what it does mean is that uh, you you have a constant lineup where yeah. you could take Denver Jones out and still feel comfortable about a, a guard to score points for you. So, And we know Katie obviously does a lot of uh, dribble dribble isolation too i mean he a lot of his shots he creates himself through absolutely uh, through step backs and very difficult shots sometimes well, but a um uh, so again that before we, yeah before we get a break 12 guys on the roster so it looks like they're done i, I don't i guess not the the f- full breakdown but just an abridged version guys of of the roster management done this offseason and the the moves in and out from uh, from this team. Again, it. You know, I, I said this a couple weeks ago. This feels like a team that's that could be uh, not a mirror image, 
but you never you ever look in the pond like in a in a pond or a, a body of water and you see a reflection it's not quite you know the a perfect image of yourself it's kind of you know the, the waves are rippling it up so it, it's it's right. a little distorted i think that's what you see when you look the, this team looks in the mirror is they the it's a distorted image of that uh sharif cooper 2020 uh, 21 team okay. where there's so much talent there's there's a good amount of talent on it but they just can't put it all together yeah, right it's you know yeah. it doesn't always cl- it doesn't click all the time when it does click yeah when yeah. It, when it does click it's you're like beautiful. oh this could be a yeah. great team yeah. but it, it it just there's something about it that doesn't always click and i think that's this team right now and they you know hopefully they prove me wrong when we get to the season but it feels like that's where this team could be headed where there's a lot of good talent on the on the roster and, but they they make it click every once in a while, but it doesn't click all year long like that. Uh, the the Final Four team kind of started clicking, and uh, the the team you know just a couple years ago with Jabari Smith, Walker Kessler clicked, and they were number one team in the country. They were playing lights out basketball. Um, but it, it feels like a team that you're. It's gonna make you know gonna gonna make the tournament, but it's gonna be a lower seed uh, in in that in the NCAA tournament. And they're just never gonna. It's never gonna quite get put all the way together throughout the season. Um, I I slightly disagree. I think this team has uh, a pretty high ceiling. Honestly, uh, it really is predicated on what you see from from Aiden, from the likes of Aiden Holloway, from the likes of if Trey Donaldson continues to grow. Um, you already know what Janai is going to bring back. You see Denver, and and you know you know he can score the basketball. I think this team is going to have mainly the the team is going to have the chemistry issues, and they're going to have growing pains in terms of getting familiar with one another. But I think later in the season, this team has the potential to be clicking very very well. Um, a lot of there's a lot of college experience on this roster. Um, obviously, we know that some of the talent. You know, we know that some of the some of these guys kind of deeper in the depth chart are raw in terms of like Cheney, um, Adarin, uh, you know, uh, but guys like CBN, uh, Chad Baker Mazzara and, and um, you're bringing back Jalen Williams. You, you still have Dylan you, and Chris Moore. The, they have plenty of experience already. They know what they're doing. I think, you know, Chris Moore probably everybody else is probably wondering what their role will be. Chris Moore his role has been set. He, that that man has the same role every single season. Energy, leader, you know, hustle, doesn't maybe doesn't put up a lot of points, but he's he's going to do all the little things that matter uh, on a team. So I I think he he is very important to the integral part of this basketball team. Um and I I think that's why Bruce continues to appreciate him and use him in different ways. Um so yeah, you know, it, but it all starts at that point guard position. I really do think it starts with Aiden. It starts with Trey. Um, what, what those two guys are going to be able to do, uh, and then from there, you know, we we can we can kind of um, disseminate how this this uh, this team's going to look. So again, the news: Darren Scott, JUCO Power Forward, committing to the Auburn Tigers today. Uh, another get for the Tigers down low, six nine power forward. Uh, as he joins Bruce Pearl's team for the 2023 season. Two years of eligibility left for him. We're going to take our first time out of the show. Back with more Sports Call right after this.
call into the show, send us your thoughts via email. You've got mail. Sports call at the tiger.fm. I'm Corey Grant, former Auburn football and NFL running back, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. Ryan Lavoie, Brooks Childress, Canberry. We were having a slight discussion, uh, which had to end because we needed to come back to live radio. Uh, just you moral know. of the story is Cam doesn't like golf. Uh, yeah, as Roy McIlroy makes a nice birdie putt there. How couldn't you be romantic about that? That's just a, a <laughs> expert putt. For a man that has uh, been through a lot this yeah. week, <laughs> so, <laughs> to say the least, <laughs> so, to say uh, the very least, he needs a good he needs a good tournament. Here. He deserves a good tournament. He does. You know what? I'll say that much. He does deserve yeah a good tournament. And probably to be fair, even though he wouldn't want to take the the blood money, he probably wants a hundred million dollar yeah, contract. I'm, I'm sure he does. Uh, I so, want a hundred million dollar contract. Well, don't we all? That's fair. Uh, before we go any further today, let's get into birthdays and sports. It's time for today's birthdays and sports. Birthdays and sports is presented by Max Credit Union with two convenient locations to serve you. One location on Gay Street in Auburn, the other on Frederick Road in Opelika. The Max Credit Union help you with all of your banking needs. Teddy Bruschi turns 50 Teddy. today. Former Teddy Bruschi. Former, uh, former linebacker. Bruschi won three Super Bowls during his time with the New England Patriots, was a pro bowler, two-time second-team All-Pro, Pac-10 Defensive Player of the Year award recipient when he played at the University of Arizona. The Cats. During his time at Arizona, he was three-time All-Pac-10 first-team player, member of the Patriots Hall of Fame, made their All-2000s team, was member of the Patriots' 50th anniversary team. Brewski's number 68 is retired by Arizona. Teddy Brewski turns 50 today. Udonis Haslam turns 80, I mean 43 today. Wow. Power forward for the Miami Heat. He was undrafted out of Florida. Gators. In the 2002 NBA draft. During his time at Florida, was a second-team All-American, was a two-time first-team All-SEC selection, three-time NBA champion, member of the 2004 All-Rookie team, was inducted into uh, the University of Florida Athletic Hall of Fame in 2012. Udonis Haslam turns 43 today. And the Miami Heat should be ashamed for not letting him take every single shot when he finally got on the court the other night. Yeah, they, they <laughs> let him took one, and then I yelled at Nikola Jovic for jacking up a three when it yeah. needed to be another you like they would have I think Murray would have just let him score it if Haslam just kind of yeah. went towards I mean, the rim I mean, it was about to be some NBA all-star defense for a few seconds literally Murray just was like ah. I think they all understood and Haslam oh, took yeah. a mid-range missed it and Nikola Jovic says what if I had a turn and we were like what if what if you don't what if you don't what if you don't now's not this moment <laughs> is not about old. you young man 
I'm not going to guarantee him that it'll be in another finals, but he definitely has more shots to take in the NBA in his future than Udonis Haslam has. Paige Stoyakovic turned 46 today, former NBA small forward. Played for five NBA teams throughout his career, most famously for the Sacramento Kings between 1998 and 2006. Was an NBA champion, three-time NBA All-Star, and All-NBA second team member. He also won a EuroLeague MVP back in 2001. His number 16 is retired by the Kings. Which which championship team was he on? I know it certainly was not the Kings. Was, it, was he on like a, a Spurs team randomly? Yeah, maybe sounds oh, like a reserve spur that hardly played. Because again, I, he was instrumental in the Kings being relevant in the late nineties, right. early two thousands. But ninety eight to oh six with the Kings. Yeah, Ra- the year two thousand six, he was with the Pacers. No, they didn't win. Oh six to ten, he was with the New Orleans Hornets. Sure did. Twenty ten to twenty eleven, he was with the Raptors. Nope. And then just twenty eleven, it was the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, oh. yep, there it is. He off his career with the ring. Rode a yep. bench with the Mavericks. Man, yeah, the Mavericks did. had a lot of old people on that team. That's still. Gosh, that's still that, that ring still remains baffling. To you know, this day. one one of the more confusing ones. Uh, certainly, like, uh, Jason uh, Kidd uh, was. I'd, Dirk protecting ring, a yeah. Dirk legacy protecting yeah. ring. I mean, <laughs> Kid was old, Sean Marion was old, Jason Terry was old, JJ Barea was young. JJ Barea was locking up yeah. Ron, you know. Just. Just, that's one of the more again that. I don't. I don't know. I don't want to get into the There's a lot I can. That's, that's a rabbit hole. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, one more birthday to tell you about. Dave Parker turned 72, former right fielder. Played from 1973 to 1991, seven-time All-Star, two-time World Series champion, and NL MVP, a three-time Gold Glove winner, a three-time Silver Slugger award, and two-time NL batting champion. He had over 300 home runs in his career, 2,700 hits, 1,400 RBIs, member of the Pittsburgh Pirates Hall of Fame and the Cincinnati Reds Hall of Fame. Dave Parker turned 72 today. Wow. And those are the birthdays in sports presented by Max Credit Union. Again, Teddy Bruschi, 50. Udonis Haslam, 43. Pages Stoyakovich, 46. Dave Parker, 72. We're going to take our next time out. Back with more Sports Call right after this. crew wants to hear from you give us a phone call at 334-887-3401 this is former auburn football player danny skutak and you are listening to the abbey award-winning sports call auburn
back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress, and Cam Berry here Hola. on this Friday afternoon. Cam got really relaxed during that last commercial break. He did. Uh, he also said that he was uh, desiring a cookie. Yeah, I want a cookie. Uh, Brooks gave me a cookie I should have gotten today. you one. I can't. I forgot. It's okay. No. I can't. Yeah, it's the diet. You want it, but you can't have it. See, for something so small to be that unhealthy seems unfair. It is unfair. Because it's like six bites of food at the, at the end of the day, and yet it's viciously unhealthy. You know, Cam, if you just have one and you don't tell anyone, nobody would know. <laughs> nobody would I know. would know. But nobody else would know. I would know, and then I'd feel bad, and I'd have to tell Lauren, and she'll be like, "Watch!" You don't have to say anything. You don't have to say anything. All right? Just start sneaking cookies every day. You think I'm going to tell my my wife what I had for dinner last night? Absolutely not. I I just absolutely not. Hungry all the time. So hungry. I had something. I I had some very unhealthy stuff for dinner last night, and I'm you know she's going to ask what you do for dinner last night. I'm like I don't know. I don't know. I ate food. Air. What I did. Air. Yeah. Ate sleep. I ate sleep for dinner. Or I'll tell her the restaurant, but I won't tell her exactly what I got. Oh. And it's what? Then, that's well, the then she could deduce. Can you though. tell me the restaurant? Uh, I'm not proud of it. Sonic. Yeah, dude, I yeah. love Sonic. Uh, all right, it, it's not the best food though. I love Sonic. It's not the best food. I love. Sonic. And see, he's saying that after he just had it too. Yeah, he must have had a bad experience. Or a, I mean, a pedestrian. I, it's just pedestrian. I, I enjoy. Like, told you to get a wing stop. Look, I enjoy myself some some popcorn chicken and French fries from there, and they're good. Their honey yeah. mustard is to one of the best. You know what's? You know what they is not great is marinara. Their marinara sauce. Cold. It's you know, it's not just too sweet. It's mm. not like it's not thick That's or fair. anything. Yeah. it's just too sweet. I'm I'm firmly against cold marinara sauce. So. It, okay. It's just need it warmed up. Yeah, it's got to be warm. It's, it's just good <laughs> that way. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four one locally or toll free one triple eight nine Tiger Nine to join us on the Auburn Bank phone line today. Let's go to the Auburn Bank phone line for the first time. First up today, Daryl from Auburn. Daryl is with us. Daryl, how are you doing? Hey guys, what's going on? Not hey, much, man. Going, how are you? Pretty good. I've just been sort of following uh, your comments on, I guess it's the live live uh, golf PGA tour. Yes. Yes, the live tour, um, yep. Can I this is in confrontational, I'm just curious, why do you keep referring to it as blood money? Yeah, so this is uh because the Saudi Arabian uh investors are uh are the ones kind of fueling fueling the uh or, or funding, excuse me, the, the tour. Uh and that comes from some videos uh, I think Tom was talking about or some uh, deals where the 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 I, I want to say that Saudi Arabian prince was uh, involved in, involved in the in the murder of, yeah, of, some, of a journalist of a media member there yeah. and some other stuff and uh, yeah there's uh, there's a lot of shady things that uh, the the Saudi Arabian uh, government gets mixed up in and and um, yeah so it's funded by the Saudi Arabian Arabian government. Well, I mean, not the government, but again, their investors. Private, yeah. I mean, private funds from government officials. Yes. Yeah. No? Uh, yeah. They, they've got some of all of it going on. Really, uh, they've got. Um, well, again, they're all kind of loosely tied together in how Saudi Arabia makes all their money. It's the so the the what it is is it's from the PIF, which is the 
the Public Investment Fund, which is the sovereign wealth fund of Saudi Arabia. Okay, so it's government funded. I thought it was privately investors. It, it's it's not from it's not the the government's not inve- investing it, but it is. It's invest the the PIF the public investment fund invests funds on behalf of the Saudi government. So they, it's not the Saudi government investing in things; they invest on behalf of them. Okay. Well, I don't know. I just I kind of find that statement kind of inflammatory. Uh, and, and excuse my position on that. You know, because I mean, yes, the Saudi Arabian government maybe has been involved in things that are questionable, but uh, and I'm not going into politics or religion, but so has every other foreign government, you know, so I mean, then if they're choosing to invest in a American sport, uh, I think that's their prerogative. I mean, I mean, if you know, you know, if I don't know, uh, that's that's all I got to say. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're all everyone's entitled to their opinion uh, for sure, and um, they certainly can do whatever they want to do, uh, and they can use their money or they can use their money however they want. But that also doesn't mean that people have to accept their money or 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 like where it came from. Well, not everybody has accepted the money, so yeah. right, exactly. So, no, uh, anyway. Um, I think a more appropriate way is um, it's the tournament has been uh, funded by questionable means. When you say blood money, I don't think that's um, – it might incite some thoughts about things in American history that uh, is disturbing. And that's all i got to say about it. All right, Daryl. Well, we appreciate the phone call. All right. That is Daryl from Auburn joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line today at 334-887-341 locally or toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9. I went to uh, I went to Waffle House a couple weeks ago, and it was I think it's the one that Daryl said he worked on. I was, I was seeing if he was working that night, and he wasn't. Ah. I was hoping to see him. Dang. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, that uh, has been a topic throughout the week of the PGA Tour and Live merger, and as, long, as well as the European Tour. Uh, I, I think, again, um, the, the entire, I mean, for 80 90% of the PGA Tour members, which still encompass, obviously, a, a far bigger group of, of, of Live guys, uh, pretty irritated uh, by this for sure. And they... Um, you know, irritated for a number of reasons, but I, I read some things today that that insinuated that uh, because Monahan will have so much control uh, on the actual golf operations, there could be a way where the live tour ends. Uh, I, I know that that we've talked about all three kind of continuing on. Certainly, the European tour will, and certainly the PGA tour will. But uh, from what I was reading, there's a a realistic chance that that Monahan would be allowed to and would in the live tour. Uh, so there's still a lot to shake out here, but there's now some pushback that this is not 
you know, the implications are not as grave as people say. Now they're still accepting that money. Uh, you know, I mean, that, that, that is still happening regardless. They're still accepting that uh, Saudi Arabian money. But I think that uh, it, it, is, it is interesting to see uh, how so many people were kept in the dark about it. That usually does not indicate a good thing uh, most of the time when, when really both sides are, are, are completely unaware it happened. But obviously, it's evoked strong opinions, and the future of golf is, I think, in a more, you know, they, they, they claim stability here, but it's certainly in more of an unknown than maybe it was even last year, the year before, because I think it was pretty clear that Liv was struggling, and it was just going to operate, and it, it, how long they could fund it, we would have seen, but, I mean, it wasn't like the PGA Tour was... was in grave danger, I don't believe. So now we've got to see uh, if that live tour continues, if they change formats with PGA tour, there's a lot to be decided here going forward. Yeah. And you know, you, you look at it, I wonder, you know, you, you get into, and I'm sure after the, the deal has now gone through, you know, you, you see the backlash from the, the PGA tour members, some of the PGA tour members, uh, and, you know, the earlier this week, there was, it was apparently a, uh, a pretty, heated player meeting up at the there at the rbc canadian open this week um there was apparently a very heated player meeting with uh monahan and you know i i wouldn't be shocked one i wouldn't be shocked if like you were bringing up ryan that uh if if they you know he start he was able to phase out the live and get the get the live guys back into the full pga tour but i also wouldn't be shocked if they keep it going because the PGA Tour players are so, you know, are you know, call for we don't we don't want to play with yeah, those guys. Now that they're so split on it, you know, it's so controversial. And you know, I I think you'll see, you know, they they talked about how it could be a fluid situation where you could go play an event over on the PGA Tour, then then you know the next event you could play Live, and then the next event you could play DP World Tour, and you could mm-hmm. kind of go between tours. I think you would see that more live guys coming and playing PGA tour events rather than PGA tour guys going and playing live events, because then, you know, that would be fully selling into the fine, you know, we'll, you know, we'll go over and play live. Uh, I, I don't, I, I would say that you're probably going to see the live guys move around more between tours than you see DP world tour or PGA tour guys uh, moving around because the, the live guys aren't liked you know, still aren't liked by the the PGA Tour guys. Roy McIlroy, even you know, he he said, you know, I understand it. It could be good for the game of golf, but I still hate live. I That's hate wild. like he he still said yeah. I hate live the other yes. day. And so, uh, you know, I I would not be shocked if if Monahan, you know, uses his power to kind of phase live out and get the get those guys back on the main tour and playing you know almost every week. But I also wouldn't be shocked if they kept it there because the PGA Tour guys that are already mad don't want to play with them every every week. Yeah, again, it's a it's a disappointing, I think, outcome for for a lot of people. Um, it might be good for the golf fan. I think I think people that say it is, uh, you know, I mean, maybe. But if they greatly change definitive statements, right? This early. You, you don't know how they're going to change the formats and that sort of thing. So we got to see what what that's like. But you know, when Monahan's invoking the the nine eleven comparison, uh, or, or that he was making right. uh, last year. Uh, funny American that, stuff. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. 
then he takes this money and and by the way some members of 911 families were calling it blood money uh too so uh, i think that they have a right to do that and, and clearly the money does not come from a good place in saudi arabia uh and again whether you are good with it or not obviously it's a lot of money and it, it it talked to 40 or 50 golfers there but also those that uh, are opposed to it have the right to be opposed to it and and some of those guys just got ap- absolutely shafted uh, by this deal with the pj tour lib but again time will tell there could be some major changes that we didn't see coming still within the game if Monahan operates in a certain way. So we shall see. We are out of time for hour number one. Stay tuned. A lot more in hour number two with uh, Atlanta Braves talk uh, as the Braves had an f- uh, incredible game last night that we got to talk about. Also, NBA Finals preview for game four. Stay tuned. More sports call after this. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Hour number two of Sports Call starting right now. Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app, Ryan LaVoy. Brooks Childress, Cam Barry. So I did the thing last week where I nearly called Cam Barry Cam Peavy. <laughs> Yikes. My deal today was for a split second in my head before I said Brooks Childress, I saw that they had just shown Rory McElroy's name. So for a split second, my head was like, Rory McElroy. I mean. That would be nice. I, I, I could be a big, big get. I could probably try to try to do an Irish accent, but it wouldn't, you know, it, it, it would probably insult quite a few people. Yeah. And <laughs> and I don't have his paycheck. Yeah. And he's on live television playing golf right now. So it's yeah. kind of hard to pass that off. But. I'm on live radio talking about the golf. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but again, they, they can see that Rory's not talking to That's us. That's true. So. That'd be the only problem with that. Let's start hour number two with going back to the Auburn Bank phone line, 334-887-341 locally or toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Next up, Keith from Auburn. Keith is with us. Keith, how are you doing? Hey, I'm outstanding, guys. How about yourself? Doing Doing well. Doing well. Good deal. Uh, Looks like the Braves have kind of got back on the road a little bit. Uh, Yes, sir. In the series with... Metropolitans, and now they got, is it the Nationals? Yes, sir. They got Nationals for three this weekend. Okay. Well, good deal. Maybe they'll, they'll uh, be nice to sweep them. They're at home, right? 
Yeah, the, the it is still at home, and yeah, big sweep yeah. against the Mets this week to continue to yep. pull away from them and the Phillies. Well, you know, I learned something new at my age of fifty nine years old, and at some time I might have known this, but I've forgotten. Uh, I always growing up knew New York as, as the Mets, but they're actually the Metropolitans. Yes. Yep. Did y'all know that? Yes, sir. Yes, sometimes I jokingly refer to them as such, yes. Okay. And I know the Knicks are the Knickerbockers. Yes. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I, had, I guess at, at some point I probably had heard Metropolitans, but it just slipped my mind. But anyway, um, guys, I got a, I, I went out, spent a little time at the uh, Opelika Sportsplex and watched some uh, crazy mad ball pickleball. Oh, yeah. Heck, yeah. Did you enjoy yeah, it? Heck, well, listen, man, them balls were flying everywhere. <laughs> yeah. But I enjoyed it. I, yeah, I've never played the game, so I'm thinking about uh, reading up on it a little more because I still ain't figured out how you score the points on it. Uh, but uh, I think I may t- I need something to challenge me uh, at my age, and Pickle that would be a perfect. good sport to get yeah. into. Pickleball is perfect. Yeah, so I'm uh, – I'm probably going to give it a stab. I, I'm going to drop 20 pounds first and, you know, get in real good shape before I go out there. But uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the great the great thing about pickleball is it can kind of be whatever you want it to be in terms of if you play really close to what they call the kitchen, uh, then you can not end up not moving much at all. Or if you play back yeah. a little bit, you can end up running a lot. So And, and, me, and yeah. me and the guys play a good bit. So uh, I, I enjoy it. Yeah, I, you know, I, I kind of watched both uh, this morning. The, the have they having the women's singles and the men's doubles, and I I think this is the sixty and under or fifty five, and I don't know what they call it. But um, the older people played earlier this week. I probably that's the ones I probably should have went and watched because that's probably where I'd fit in. Um, but uh, anyway, it um, uh, you know I, I kind of like watching the singles, uh, although there's you know I kept watching it and then comparing it to the doubles that I was like, well, there's a lot less running in the doubles than they are the singles. <laughs> so yeah. I, I might better start out uh, with the doubles. I, I wish there was a way you could practice without having somebody to practice with. You know what I'm saying? You know how ping pong table used to fold it up, you know, one yeah. side up, you could practice falling or whatever. But, um, but yeah. You know, yeah, it was, uh, it was quite interesting. I, I, I did really enjoy watching, uh, watching it and seeing people being competitive and you know at my age older i get i need something to push me a little bit to be competitive at or rather than just sitting around watching sports yeah <laughs> uh, well i mean you know we've, we've got tom peavy who used to play pickleball uh and he said he's wanting to get back into it and uh you know i we, we we've talked about it a, a time or two i've I, this time last year i think was about the first time i was picking up a, a, a paddle and uh, yeah. Now a year later, I, I love it. I play it at least once a week with, with some buddies, and uh, we do play a lot of singles sometimes. So there is a lot of running for me, and that's how I I check it off as okay. You got some good exercise in for the week, yeah. but but uh, yeah, it's it's incredible how much it's grown. It's gone to the point where they're even showing it on ESPN sometimes. It's 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 pretty yeah. pretty yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, I watched a little bit on uh, YouTube, and uh, you know the. Um Actually, the guy out there at the Sportsplex that's the ambassador that uh, kind of oversees the pickleball is John Parks. And I, I know John. I, I officiated a lot of high school basketball with John Parks. 
So uh, I, I, I forgot that that's what he did, and I ran into him when I was out there. And uh, I was telling him I, I may take up the game, and he said, yeah, you need to. So, uh, uh, But, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to rush into it. I'm going to kind of ease into <laughs> it a little bit. But uh, Sure, it's worth a try, uh, though. It's worth a try. Yeah. It is, but anyway, guys. Uh, you know, I'm ready for football season. Just to be honest with you, college football. Aren't we all? Football. Yeah, we're um, all ready for it. I, I, I get bored. I don't watch a whole lot of baseball because it, it's just so slow going to me. Uh, and, and you know, I spend more time watching Netflix, which I probably shouldn't do that either. Uh, it takes away from my reading. I, I enjoy reading a lot, but. Uh, yeah, I can't wait for football to get here. I think it's going to be an interesting uh, college football season. I'm I'm really interested to see uh, what a uh, you know what Auburn looks like and uh, uh, with the new coach and and everything. And uh, have they uh, have has Hugh Freeze or have they done anything over that whole ordeal that took place? I don't know two or three four weeks ago uh, with Jarquez Hunter and. Uh, I mean, they didn't kick nobody off the team, did they? I mean, no, they haven't. Uh, that's it's still an ongoing investigation, just indefinite yeah. suspensions. And I think he was asked about it in in, in one of those uh, ambush tours or, or something like that a week or two ago, and he just basically just said, "There's there's no update this time." So really, we're we're yeah. kind of in the dark right now. Well, you know, and, and stuff like that, it it, it shouldn't happen. Uh, and, and you know, not. When you hear things and you hear rumors, and a lot of times that, that that is rumors that you know the the players were, you know, it was kind of a thing with them, and uh, you know, but you don't you don't you don't post stuff like that on social media, you know, because first of all, you know, I'm sure whoever the girl was didn't want that out there, and probably the the, the guy didn't either, you know. Uh, so you, got, you just gotta be careful with that stuff. Everything nowadays. Uh, somebody's yeah. videoing. <laughs> Got to be cautious, you know? for sure. You, you do, but uh, hopefully they'll work all that out. Uh, you know, I don't. I'd hate to see anybody, you know, lose an opportunity to play football. Uh, that Jarquez Hunter's a, a great athlete. Probably going to do really, really well this this year uh, for Auburn. You know, barring any injuries, you know, you, know, you always hope everybody stays healthy and you know injury free. But anyway, guys, I appreciate uh, you taking my call. And, uh, you know, y'all, uh, I'll continue to listen as much as I can. Y'all do an outstanding job. And, uh, you know, it's I know it's just uh, right around the corner and Thunder Chickens will be, or Chicks or whatever y'all call yourself. <laughs> maybe y'all would change your name. Maybe that might be it, you know. but uh, Or maybe get a logo with a, a, a chicken with a, a lightning bolt we, uh, we, in its face. We do. We, we oh, do okay. on social. Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, I need to pull it back up, but uh, yeah, it's got uh, we we have our, our our shirts, which are kind of jerseys, but they're really t-shirts that have uh, right. Thunder Chickens on it, and they they've got the chicken, and they do have a uh, some sort of Thunderbolt on there. Uh, I think oh, okay. Brooks is pulling it up too right now, but uh, yeah, and that gets going uh, not this coming Tuesday, but next Tuesday. So we'll be back out there well, in about ten I've, days. I, I've never I've never uh, had an opportunity. Uh, to get down there and watch the Thunder Chicks play, but by golly, I think this this summer yeah. I'm, I'm going to come down there and watch you guys play a game. Sweet. We'll be so, uh, absolutely yeah. looking forward to it, Keith. Good deal. Well, listen, guys, y'all enjoy your weekend. 
I hope everybody has a safe and fun one, and, uh, you know, good Lord willing, we'll talk again next week. Yes, sir. Sounds good, Keith. All righty. All was. Right. All right. That was Keith from Auburn. Appreciate Keith uh, for being on right there. Uh, just sometimes running the board back here, you, you get phone calls. A um, yeah. Sometimes you get phone calls from pranksters. Oh, sometimes geez. you get phone calls from the former host of the show. Oh, pranking of you. course. You never know. Uh, you never know what you're going to get. But we are going to go to our next time out of the show uh, so that I'm not overly flustered. Back with more sports call right after this. You're listening to the multi-time Abbey Award-winning Sports Call. This is Philip Lolly, former Auburn Tigers football assistant coach for the 2010 National Championship team, and you are listening to Sports Call. The sports call, Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. Ryan Lavoy, <laughs> Cam Berry, Brooks Childress. Thou shalt not know what goes on Your during segues the segues into intros are gold. <laughs> Pure gold. Uh, again, the camera in here would help. Uh, just had to have a friendly conversation. Shohei Otani's pitching tonight. Uh, Sick. Yes, he is. Reset some things, and, and now we're good to go. With that, let's go back to the Auburn Bank phone line, 334-887-341 locally or toll-free, one 9 tiger 9 Next up on the show today, Ward Damn Steve. Retired Ward Damn Steve is with us. Steve, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I survived a Friday. How about you guys? Uh, we're doing well. Doing well, sir. All right. Great to hear. Okay, well, let's get on to the three amigos. Uh, I watched the, uh, the fifth inning on. The, uh, I guess the so-called uh, softball championship between uh, Florida State and uh, Oklahoma. Now I thought Florida State might give a run for their money. It was one to nothing, and then that's all she wrote. Yeah, I mean I do define that as giving them a run for their money. I mean that was a competitive game, and and they did lead uh, briefly there in the middle inning. So I I know they ultimately lost, but uh, you know Oklahoma. Overwhelmed them with a couple homers there in the fifth, and and, and got a, and and won the game obviously. But uh, but yeah, I, Florida State gave them gave them a game, and but Oklahoma just as no surprise to anyone proved to be by far the best team in the country. And the relief pitcher, I believe, I've got her name. She got the most valuable player award, I believe. I did not see that, but uh, that I mean they pitched very well in the series. I mean they only gave up one run in two games, so I can I can see how that would happen. And again, I I gotta ask you. Uh, I think Tom has mentioned before. Where where do they find these uh, ladies? Do they all come from State Oklahoma or from somewhere else? Because yeah. I mean, the elite pitchers are to me a carbon copy of the starters. Yeah, yeah, from all over, they just find the best of the best. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'd have to go down the roster. Like I, I know that they get a decent amount of transfers. I know that one of their transfers uh, this past year was from uh, Texas A and M. 
and, and came over from the SEC there. Her name was Haley Lee. She'd hit 400 at Texas A&M. Uh, so, so they they get players from all over, high school and college. And obviously, if you're a transfer portal player, not happy with your situation, I mean that can be that uh, you'd love to go to Oklahoma if they if they give you the call. And I'm just wondering, does Oklahoma have that unfair advantage that we have to contend with, like Auburn doesn't have uh, scholarships they can offer? Uh, I, I'm not familiar with the scholarship dynamic of it. I mean, again, the the reason their program is what it is now is because they've they've just clicking on cylinders with on the field of what they can offer from a winning standpoint, from a coaching standpoint. Obviously, you're going to play important games and you're going to be coached well and 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 that sort of thing. And and I don't know all the ins and outs of the NIL opportunities at the softball level, but I would assume that Oklahoma. What, what, what that what they've garnered in the sport would, would be up certainly up there if not the the leader in that category so I mean they, they've, they've definitely got the the most to offer in the sport right now and Steve I just did a, a quick peruse of the Oklahoma roster they only have one girl from the state of Oklahoma on their roster so really they, yeah. wow you got a lot of California a lot of Arizona a couple North Carolinas but there is only one girl on the roster from the state of Oklahoma okay well thanks for letting me know that well, that's not the, uh, the the solution then. Okay, well, guys, let me ask you about this. Uh, what, if anything, can be done about the scholarship nonsense in baseball and softball in our state or with our program? Well, I, I mean, isn't, uh, unless I'm unfamiliar, I think the difference is in what a lottery funds a scholarship and, and a lot of other uh, states there is – there's a special uh, special scholarship in Georgia, I believe. Uh, right. What about that, Vanderbilt? How do they do? Because they they don't have a lottery uh, there. Ten, well, Tennessee has a lottery. Yes, they do. Uh, do they? Okay, is that what they use it? Alabama is one of only like two states. Yeah. I think that that don't have a lottery. I mean, Alabama. Yeah, Alabama's living in the past. Yeah. So I, that that accounts for some of it, but then other states maybe have different designations and and different types of scholarships too. Because until that changes, I don't see how we can compete with the the other teams and be that successful. Or am I wrong here? Well, I mean, I, I think to a degree Auburn is competing right now with their result in the field. Now it's not, uh, you know, dominant. It's not getting to the top of the sport and being like preseason top five and that sort of thing. But I think in pure results, Auburn has been uh, incredibly competitive with those two College World Series appearances and. And, and going to the tournament pretty much every year under Butch Thompson. I mean, even teams like Ole Miss and Mississippi State that have won a title don't go to the tournament every year, as case in point was this season. So I, I think they're competitive, but to put them over the top or to make them uh, elite year in, year out, yeah, the scholarship thing would have to change. Yeah, I'm talking about sustainability because uh, I think they, they uh, from what I saw last night, they said that Oklahoma now has tied uh, the record for three consecutive world uh, series championships is that right? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I, I'm not f- not familiar with the the record, uh, but I, I I mean, I would assume that three would be about as long as it's been softball. Softball has not dated back as far as some of these other sports. That's astounding. All right. Uh, well, let's go on to brighter news here. Uh, I see that we have a uh, final, I guess, scholarship person, a board that committed uh, today. Yes, uh, Scott. Wh- yeah, one more. A Darian Scott. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I saw his uh, stats. Well, what's your take on uh, this new crew guy's uh, commitment? Yeah, I, I think someone that is clearly 
Uh, just going to be trying to to round out the roster and and try and find a bench role. Uh, we know Bruce Pearl teams usually play a lot of players, so he might get some early season minutes. But uh, he's not a shooter. He's definitely a post guy, good rebounder. But uh, again, I, I don't think a lot will be required or or asked of him next year. Okay, so he will not. Steve, Steve, you there? Cannot hear. Oh, we lost Steve. Steve. I guess we lost Steve. Yeah, here I am. Oh, no, here. Okay. Here. We got you. Yep. That darn AT and T. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, how, how impactful uh, do you see him being or not? Then I, I don't see him being very impactful. I think again, I think the 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 best case scenario is he becomes the the top uh, power forward option in a bench role. So he becomes maybe the seventh best player on the team, something like that. Um, but okay. e- even then, you know, I I think that uh, the best bench player will probably be Katie Johnson, and then you go from there on if it's the other point guard that doesn't start, or if it's uh, maybe Chris Moore with more experience. So I, I, again, there is a scenario where he's in the rotation and he plays ten, fifteen minutes a game, but uh, it's not necessarily guaranteed. I another quick question about uh, basketball. Uh, guys, have you heard any updates or uh, where do we stand? We still in the hunt for Philon or not? LeBaron Philon. Uh, I yeah. I've not really seen many updates recently. Um, um, I saw that we are still in the hunt for him. He's he still has Auburn as one of his top schools. Um, he's still obviously now considering Ole Miss and Alabama. Those are back in the mix. Uh, those types, those schools that he had in his uh, in his initial top five. Uh, I mean, you know, we're still trying to get him in there, and he still, you know, is interested in becoming an, an Auburn Tiger. And we know that Wes Flanagan was his main recruiter, who's now at Ole Miss. So obviously, that's going to add to um, the speculation of where he might end up. But uh, I think now he's just kind of taking a step back and reevaluating where he wants to be, uh, which is totally understandable. And just uh, so we'll see. But Auburn is in no means out of the mix, Auburn is still one of his top choices. Okay. Um, just staying real quickly with the NIL, uh, I was reading a uh, comment date from uh, Phil Marshall, and he I had some interesting comments here. He says about the NIL, he says it's gotten out of control. Yeah, uh, but then he says that he's heard from coaches who've been willing to talk to him privately because he didn't say who they are. And then he says it is even that that uh, these coaches told him privately that the few rules governing NIL are being widely ignored. And the tampering is rampant. I mean, I can um, believe okay. it. So if it's rampant, uh, why do we even, you know, disguise it as anything else than just, you know, bribing people, you know, uh, pay for play? I, I mean, again, you can call it that because of what happens, I guess, under the table. I mean, they're not going to ever uh announce that as what's going on because it's not a, a good PR thing it's not a good look but I mean essentially when you when you have all these allegations and again these there's been coaches from different conferences different levels of school talk about this and again and you know of course you for rugby you know Saban he didn't hesitate he called out you know Jimbo Fisher right which was the big talk last year around this time and and you know I, I think that if we just put two and two together, you know, when, when somebody puts, because you have the designation, right? When you go into the portal, you can say, do not contact. Well, how? 
How are you going to go into the portal right. and say, do not contact? You're just going to pick a school based off of social media or something? You know, the, like those kids kind of give it away that they've already been talking through somebody uh, outside of the school, which they've been currently at. So, I mean, clearly, I think it's an issue going on. And, I mean, you, you would just have to monitor the hell out of it, which I don't think that the NCAA really cares to do. I agree with you. And then he brought up another issue, and uh, I think he's on target about, you know, he doesn't think that this NIL money can be sustainable in the long term because he mentioned uh, some points. And one is, you know, there's no tax break for these uh, people who, you know, give this money. Uh, and wealthy people may eventually decide, you know, why am I throwing this money uh, continuously and we're only having, what, uh, eight, nine win seasons? And uh, I'm just wondering, do you think eventually the NIO will just go away? So I don't think it'll go away. It could be decreased, and it will all be about value in the future, like like ways of determining if you're getting the value for what you're paying, whether that be for an individual's performance or also for uh, the, the team itself. And as you talked about, obviously not everyone will be successful with the money they spend. Uh, however, obviously the playoff will make it to where more teams feel like they've got a clear kind of uh, check mark of success. I, I find it hard to believe that many programs will uh, be irritated by a season where they just simply go to the playoff and don't win it. So uh, I, I think that that will allow a few more teams to be pleased with their situation from year to year. Uh, but, but yeah, of course there will be examples of teams and, and, and situations that underperform compared to how they recruited or, or how much uh, money they spent and that sort of thing. And so time will tell – if that can still create enough value uh, for those people doing that. And and some of these people have gobs and gobs of money where they could go on for a while doing this, maybe not forever. So, uh, again, that will be a determination over the next several years on if if you get some sort of return on investment. Hey, you know, Ryan, uh, I love your comments, your insights. I just think about this. I read other people's comments. You know, the NIL thing, to me, is eventually leading to no longer me looking at, you know, what kind of program are we building, be it baseball or, or be it uh, football. But it's more like now becoming team building rather than program building. But do you see it uh, differently? You know, I, I think there would be aspects of both. I, I can see the team building side because there's just so much roster movement now, and that's just building individual teams. But I still think the program building exists in a more macro level where the facilities will still have something to do with the type of player. The success on the field will still have something to do with the type of player you're getting. The, the, the coaches you have will still have something to do with that. So it can still accumulate over time. I, I think what happens is, or, or what will happen that programs can can rise and fall quicker. Uh, I think because of roster turnover, because of that team management, the, those instances can happen faster. You catch lightning in the bottle, or you can have a situation where you know Texas A&M had just had had their best season a couple years ago, and then they just followed up and had their worst season. So. I, I think you can rise and fall much quicker, but I still think the program aspect exists in, in how you're able to uh, maintain it 
over a period of time and the the money that you poured into your facilities and to your coaching staff that sort of thing those things can still stand as a general concept concept over time well i guess what i'm wondering about uh what i'm wondering about here ryan i i think after saban retires uh i think we won't see these kind of programs uh sustaining that kind of you know competitiveness on a long-term basis like he has I, I would agree un- until you know Kirby Smart. We got to see what Kirby Smart ends up doing uh, with Georgia. Now, granted, you know this is he's kind of started it uh, just before the big the expanded playoff and and all this NIL stuff, and and now it's it's obviously going into it. Whereas Saban's just got probably a couple more years left, few more years left, and then then that will end. Uh, I, but I, I think that it will become harder. I, I would not rule out, though, the possibility that a team could go on uh, a sequence of runs because I, I'll give you an example of this. You know, right now, people want to go play quarterback wherever Lincoln Riley is. Now, if can he figure out defense? Can he figure out other parts to it to actually get that title? That remains to be seen. But, like, it is pretty much set in stone that Lincoln Riley will find and develop a great transfer quarterback. That has happened several times over. So that's a smaller, that's a micro instance of what you're referring to and what Bama has done as a program. But but I think that those those micro instances absolutely will continue. Oh, this guy's the quarterback whisperer. Or this guy knows all about defense and yada, yada, yada. Or he can get a wide receiver into the league. I think those things will exist. Can you do it from a complete program level? It will become more difficult, but I, I maintain it's possible until we see otherwise. Okay. Uh, lastly here, did you happen to catch this from SB Nation today? And I said, wow, i got to bring your attention, guys, because, you know, we've talked about the uh, PGA and LIV merger. Has that been officially uh, finalized yet or not? Uh, technically not finalized. They've got to go through some boards of approval. I think the overwhelming assumption is that it would eventually, I mean, something this public would go through. Um, again, the the side that the PGA likes other than the money is that it gets through with the litigation, it gets through with the lawsuits, those would be no more. And then to have this deal be terminated, I th- those lawsuits I think would very much go back into play. Uh, so it would be sticky. I mean, it, it's now sticky, period. Even if they got out of it for the right reasons, it would still have some more vitriol and stickiness to it. So I, I think it would move forward. Well, the reason I bring this up and uh, I, I encourage all of you guys, listeners, to, to read this one. It struck me, wow, this could be uh, a nightmare. It says, Greg Norman's head served on a platter. New details of PGA Tour LIV golf deal unveiled as a story by Jack Milko, MSB Nation. And the part that got me, the one I want to ask you guys, what do you make of this? It says that PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan, this is this one, will oversee both the PGA Tour and Live Golf once this agreement is finalized, according to Sports Illustrated report. He goes on to say in the writing in the report, this development means that Monaghan can disband Live if he wants to. Right. And also approve the reinstatement of former PGA Tour professionals if he so desires. And he said they can't imagine Monaghan having a place for Norman, considering the public the states the latter has expressed with PGA. Oh, oh, guys, wait a minute. I thought the whole point of the PGA and Monaghan agreeing to join Live was because of the Saudis 
money. Why would he want to disband them and then lose that money, right? Well, he wouldn't lose the money because a part of the deal is the Saudi Arabian Investment Fund will will be investing and funding the PGA Tour. So they're taking... Not just live? Excuse me? No, not just the, 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 the live uh, With part live? of it? No, no. It, because it's functioning as one body now, so so what, there's separate parts of that body. It's like a parent company with subsidiaries, kind of. Uh, so every you know, all three can exist if if the parent company, which will be the PGA Tour, want them to exist. But it it, it also you know investors have a say in that because it's their money they're spending it. But either way, even if they get rid of Live, that Saudi Arabian investment fund, they are investing, they are funding the PGA Tour now. So. So they're in from Saudi Arabia's investor standpoint. They're in because it's their money, and they're going to get to use it in whatever the PGA is going to to use it in. But Monahan, as uh, being able to direct what actually goes on with the golf side of things, can decide that he does not want the Live Tour a part of their offering, a part of what they do with with their golf offering, and so he can strike that down. But again. Saudi Arabian money will still be flowing through the PGA Tour. I wouldn't think that, that would sit very well with the uh, uh, Saudi Crown Prince, whose money primarily is, is the investor, right? I wouldn't off off first blush, but also they are excited, and their part of it is they are happy that they are in, like their money is being used. And before the PGA Tour wasn't going to go and just accept that that money. But now, once it became a credible threat, it was like, well, now we'll get the money. I guess we'll 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 let them in. We just get the squash live, and we get to, we don't have a competitor, as Brooks said the other day. We monopolize it. So, from from Saudi Arabians, you know, investor standpoint, they they're they're now in the golf world. They're like th- their money is what matters, as opposed to before when they were just trying to get a foot in the door with live. Okay, and finally, let me ask you this: What are your thoughts that uh, because I, I could need to read a lot of grumbling and, and it's the public, you know, um, who was it? One of the golfers just they said, you know, they still hate live. Uh, what's the likelihood that maybe the the, the grumblers, uh, the, the former PGA people uh, who you know hate live, decide to you know we're going to have fun only the heck with uh, live and PGA and the commissioner and just go their own way. Could they do that, guys? Could they uh, make a go of it? Uh, I mean, they could. They would just fight a lot of challenges. I mean, it would be tough to uh, come up with the with all the money required to, to run everything and the structure. I, I I mean, I guess they could, but I, I would not. I would not think that it would be incredibly likely. Yeah, well, I was thinking if all the PGA people who were just you know really angry at this, what they all just withdrew, who they have left for the PGA side. Yeah, I mean, they'd still have, I mean, again, because now that they are all grouped together, they'd have all the, the live golfers again. Uh, they, they'd have all those guys. Okay. All right. Uh, well, then, hey, I thank you for letting me ramble in and uh, getting your, your thoughts and everything. So, uh, with that said, guys, have a joyful and relaxing and entertaining weekend and uh, until monday we'll uh, do our best to stay safe you guys stay safe and uh, stay out of trouble i'm doing my best 
So do a good War Eagle, guys. War Eagle, Steve. Appreciate that phone call. That is Retire Ward AM Steve joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Hope Steve has a great weekend there. Let's go right back to our Auburn Bank phone line, 334-887-341 locally or toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Next up, James from Montgomery. James is with us. James, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm War Eagle. War Eagle. <clears throat> I know that y'all were talking about like the NIL deals that uh, some of these uh, colleges and universities actually have, and I think it's just they. I mean, it, it's really it looks good for these uh, high school, uh, excuse me, these college athletes uh, trying to make uh, a name for themselves in these uh, deals that they're that they're uh, promoting right now. Yeah, I think NIL will stay in in some form and fashion. It's just in a few years. If Congress gets involved or the NCAA steps back in, it, there just might be more rules and guidelines to it. But I, but I think NIL is, is here to stay in some form or fashion. Yes. So for the name, image, and likeness, what does that – like if I was – if I was like say, for example, if I was a football player for Auburn, and they'll say, okay, they'll have me sign the name, image, and likeness contract deal. Like where – would my name go? What would I like about it? And where will the image of that brand that I'm going to promote or that I'm going to be a spokesperson for? Like, say, for example, if I was like an Auburn football player and I want to uh, be a, a, a spokesperson for Under Armour and they'll say, okay, you're going to uh, do this for your school. Why, why would they tell me what I can and cannot do for my university? Well, that's if you you agree to a, a deal there i mean that's when a, a different company has uh the right to pay you something if if you agree to receive that money then they usually have some sort of contract details or, or something to uh to, to give you to to say they want you to do that for them and that's how you get that money yeah so if i get that money i could you know i I've, i'm just saying like this will be a good idea for all athletic uh sport uh, athletes, if they get the money, they can like donate it to like a certain area that they that they're from, like a certain state that they're just coming from, and they can take that money and they donate it like to build a new school or build a new park, and they could put their name on that park or on that school, so other people would know, like other uh, future sports athletes would know. Oh, this is. You know, like, uh, you know, like the LSU uh, gymnast. You know, she could put her name on a on a elementary school or on a high school or on a on a uh, on a gym in LSU with her name in it as well. Yeah, if she donates enough money to uh, to that school or, or or whatever it may be, but uh, also the, a lot of these amounts would would not be enough to do that if you wanted to live off of this money and a lot of these these athletes you know i mean there's no some of them have guarantees that they'll end up you know they're so good they're going to end up being professionals but some of them need might need to live off this money for a while or Mm -hmm. or certainly save this money so you know it's it's usually not enough money to donate to that degree yeah, because I know, like most, like every time I'm I'm an Auburn fan and I go to some of the Auburn uh, sporting complexes and they have, like you know the uh, the basketball arena, Neville Arena. I mean, it's a really good name, but they should have kept Auburn Arena because I mean that that's a symbol and that's the heart 
of that school. And once you take once you take that down, you're actually taking away the history of that arena. And once people go to that arena, they'll see in, in the arena they have like a history of Auburn University. Like they'll show they'll show history of the foot of uh, of uh, football or basketball or baseball or softball or soccer or golf and a lot of fans look at those um you know those historic um uh memorabilia of of former auburn athletes that played at auburn and they want to keep that going as well well it's named neville arena because the nevilles uh did donate a tremendous amount of money uh to auburn and and that's why it's uh, on the on the arena before it was Auburn Arena when they had the Coliseum, it was called Beard Eves Coliseum. So it was mm-hmm. named again after people and not uh, you know a little different circumstance with Beard Eves, but still it was not you know Auburn Arena. So again, th- that's why the the name changed. And yes, they still got the kind of the Auburn little kind of Hall of Fame in there, and uh, it mm-hmm. will continue to be in there. Yes, because I really do like the Auburn Hall of Fame, and I think they should like expand it so they can actually add more stuff. You know, as years go on, you know, maybe they could add like a like a little section for like you know uh, when they expand it when it gets bigger, they should add like a section where they'll have like fans, uh, you know, in in that hall. You know, like for us as being the the bloodline of Auburn and we are the face of Auburn. We're the fans of Auburn. We bring a lot of energy to the university as well. And then the old Auburn arena, I think it should stay. I think I was thinking this the other day. I was like, they should not tear that down. They should turn that into like a movie theater. So on the weekends, like on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, some of the college students want to go to a movie. They could turn that, old Auburn Arena, uh, Auburn uh, basketball uh, stadium into a, a movie theater so it could be on campus as well. Yeah, that would uh, that would definitely be something else. Uh, we only got a few more minutes left here, James, so what else is on your mind? <clears throat> well, with the uh, NBA Finals coming up tonight, I have Denver winning in Game 4, and I think uh, Luka Doncic, I think Jokic is going to actually do his thing, and I think he's going to be a, a great uh, MVP one day. Yeah, uh, well, Nikola Jokic has already won two MVPs, but uh, hopefully he can be a Finals MVP here in a couple more games if he uh, can lead the Nuggets to victory. And uh, Miami really needs this one. It'd be tough to drop down three to one after being able to get a game in in Denver. So. We'll see what happens tonight. We're excited about it. Yes, as well. And then my final uh, score for this game, I have the Denver Nuggets uh, at 117. No, no, that would be too close. That would be too, too close. I would say, I would actually say it would just be a blowout. Let's just say it like that. Okay, so you're thinking like a 20 or 30 point game? Yeah, because if I said if I was going to uh, say that the Denver Nuggets were going to be one seventeen to Miami's one twenty, that would be a really close catch up game right there. So I just say it would be like maybe uh, one thirty to you know like ninety eight or ninety nine. Okay, yeah, there'd be a lot of points for Denver, but uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm rooting for close games. So I, I hope that it's not a complete blowout like that. But we shall see. Any final thoughts for us today, James? 
Um, I don't have any final thoughts, but the only final thought that I actually have is love your friends and love your family. That's all that matters. Amen. Amen. All right. Sounds good. And uh, where do you go, guys? And I'll talk to you all guys on Monday. Sounds good. Have a great weekend, James. That is is James from Montgomery joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Appreciate James for calling in right there. Uh, As we've only got about one minute left in the uh, second hour. Still a lot to do ahead on the show. Had a good run of calls there. But uh, in hour number three, uh, again, we'll go over that Braves game from last night, which was tremendous in a number of ways. We'll also have uh, some NBA Finals uh, breakdown. Uh, yesterday, Cam, just real quickly in about 90 seconds, uh, you know, Big Ten schedule came out for 2024. Yeah. Uh, interesting that Penn State had no protected rivalries, but when it kind of yeah. lined up, it was like, well... They play big games, but I don't know if they're necessarily rivals with those teams. Uh, Nothing else really too surprising with the the rivalries. Uh, Also, we kind of look through the top six or seven schools, programs in the conference, and everyone had about four opponents against the other top six or seven, but no one had to play absolutely everybody. Oh, that's not too bad then. You know, it it seemed like a a pretty, pretty... Fair and even then conference schedule, I guess we could say. Um, I guess the the two most interesting, obviously, would have been UCLA and USC. I have actually not seen any of them, so I, I don't know. Um, but you know, will uh, will UCLA and USC will they will they be playing? You know, Ohio State. Uh, do you- yeah, I believe UCLA does. Okay. I, I, I'm going to struggle to be able to pull up uh, yeah, the whole thing sure. in time uh, as we're about to go to break sure, here. Sure, but sure. Uh, I think it was USC. One of them did not have Ohio okay. State, put it that way. Okay. Um, and then the other. Uh, so I bet you the other probably got Michigan, right? I bet you USC might have gotten Michigan, maybe one of the other, maybe, you know. Yeah, so UCLA has. Uh, does not have Ohio State. They got okay. Michigan State, Penn okay. State, and uh, Wisconsin. No Michigan? Uh, no Michigan oh, there. Oh, wow. USC has Ohio State, uh, Nebraska, or excuse me, Ohio State, Michigan State, UCLA. Uh, they do not have Michigan either. So no, ah. no Michigan for the SoCal teams. Oh, but. no. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. So I found something I, to not yeah, like. Yeah, I, I, I wish Michigan was playing one or the other of those, or both. Uh, that would make for a, a much, you know, I know they don't have, uh, that would make for a tougher conference schedule for them because they are in the top, they are the probably number two team as of right now in the uh, in the Big Ten. So I would have liked to have seen them play one or, one or the one of the two at the yeah. very least. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't think we caught that that part of it yesterday. Of course, again, they, they called it this like flex protective <sighs> plus model something. So. Yeah. They're going to all play at some point, but it's kind of unclear how many years it's going to take to right, cycle through right, everything because right. they've got a couple protected opponents, a couple opponents are playing the next two years, so kind of some, some funky stuff going on with the Big Ten. We are out of time for hour number two. When we come back in hour number three, we'll have a breakdown of last night's Braves-Mets game, which was incredible. Also, a Game 4 preview for the NBA Finals. Stay tuned. More Sports Call right after this. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. 
You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Welcome to hour number three of Sports Call, Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm. <laughs> Another golden segue. <laughs> Ryan Lavoy, Cam Berry, Brooks Childers. No one Childers. will ever know about. No, no one right? will ever know. No context. Indeed. Fun hour th- number three in store, if the, the beginning laughter is any indication. Going to have some talk about the NBA Finals in a little bit. But we're going to start hour number three talking about the Atlanta Braves. I've uh, been kind of hinting at this throughout the show. Last night was one of the rare times that I got really excited to talk about one individual regular season game. Yeah. It's not often that happens in the course of 162. First, you have the element to... The broadcast booth, which for 161 games a year, we encourage you to listen to 1230 WAUD and Ben Ingram and Joe Simpson and Jim Powell and Kelly Johnson and whoever ends up on the air. Darren O'Day was on there last week. Uh, Absolutely. So whoever ends up there. But last night, I strongly would have advocated for, and in hindsight, still advocate for, um, the the group of Jeff Rancor, John Smoltz, Tom Glavin, and Larry Wayne. Larry Jones, Chipper Jones. So that in itself was must-see television. Then the game happened. Oh, my gosh. Can I interest you in 13-10 in 10? It was beautiful. Against the Mets, a sweep. Um, Cam, you stayed up for that, I, I noticed. I did. I had Were to. Were you pleased? I was absolutely <laughs> pleased. I was, I was bottom of the eighth. I was like, ah, you know, there's no way, you know, they're down three. It's 10 to seven. I'm like, ah, I don't know if they come back. The offense seems to be getting kind of stagnant. This this pitcher they've put in is kind of kind of shoving a little bit. I'm like, ah, I'm probably about to go to bed. So I'm kind of starting to get ready, get ready to go to bed. Game's still on kind of in the background. Uh, it, it, and I'm, I'm in my living room. Um and then, you know, Travis Darno hits a two-run homer. It's 10-9. to 9. So I'm like, ah, oh, well, I can't go to bed now. You know, it's it's fine. It's fine. So I'm sitting there, and uh, it gets to it gets to the uh, the bottom of the ninth, and um, Ozuna's up to bat. Um, a, a horrible call um, on the inside because he should he should have been on first base. It should have been a walk. Uh, the the umpire called called a strike, and it was way it was inside yeah. for real inside. Um, it, I don't even it wasn't even close, and so I, I was pretty upset about that. Well, Orlando Arcia had something to say about that as well. It's a it's the. Hits the uh, the tying home run, um, and I'm like, man, that should have been a walk off. That should have been it. That should have been the game right there because uh, or, or Ozuna would have been on first, um, and and that would have been. A, I mean, he hit a no doubter out there, and 
yeah. So I'm staying up and I'm like, man, I need to go to bed. Come on, Braves. You know, it's, we're getting to the 10th inning. All right. So Iglesias does his thing, gets, you know, gets out of, uh, gets out of, um, a little bit of a, a tough situation, but he gets out of it. I, if I remember correctly, um, and, and strikes out, um, the, I don't even remember who the last batter was. I think it was McNeil maybe. Um, yeah, and, he mowed him down. I mean, yeah. you get that runner on second period. Yeah. So oh, he, true, true, yeah, true. I told yeah, you're right. Allowed a base runner. You're right. So, so I already, I'm automatically allowed the base runner. So he, he, he did well, uh, in his situation and, and did his thing as the closer, uh, has been very consistent in the closer. He was uh, a top performer. If I remember correctly, uh, that I put in my, uh, Braves report last week, he had like three saves, um, and, and no, a zero, zero ERA. So he, he did very, very well. Um, and then, and then uh, Ozzy comes. You know, we we get to the bottom of the tenth, and um, you know the Braves, you know, continue to have solid abs. And um, then Ozzy Albies does his thing. He he happens, and uh, um, I mean an absolute no. Like when I when it came off the bat, I was yelling in my living room, "See ya!" Uh, just I mean I I knew as soon as he pimped it that that ball was gone i'm wearing my uh my um uh ozzy albies shirt jersey right now um you know in, in appreciation for him um he's <laughs> probably my favorite player on the braves i i i like um i like ozzy albies a lot you know i obviously i enjoy a lot of the players on the braves um you know and, and ronald's always a fan favorite but i i love me some ozzy um and uh man just to see him especially he had been 0 for 4 through the game and so you know i think chipper was talking and he was saying yeah this you know he he needs a hit this might be it right here and i mean (laughs) boy did he have a hit uh so it was a great game an enjoyable game um you know i mean jesse chavez you know unsung hero just mr consistent in a braves jersey not consistent anywhere else that man puts on a Braves jersey and it's like it's it's like that if, if anybody ever refers to a meme where you're just sitting back in the chair and then he sits up for the video game <laughs> things get intense that's Jesse Chavez every time he puts on a Braves uniform um, he just starts to shove and 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 really uh, just just does his thing from on the mound and uh, he is Mr. Consistent Mr. Just all reliable um, and it was a great game loved it go Braves got a sweep um and kind of building that lead in the NL East especially after struggling kind of struggling over the last week couple weeks just not you know having some losses that you're not supposed to have if you're the Braves not going to freak out but it's just games you're supposed to win you go to the go to the go to Oakland you, you lose two out of three against the A's um uh and then you do get it back kind of with Arizona. You get you um, you kind of rebuild that momentum and take two out of three there. Um, and then you're going into this series with the Mets and, and now you're you've won five in a row if you're the Braves. And so yeah, they're they're doing well and now they have they play Washington tonight to, to kind of keep it going and build another lead in the NL East, kinda of, kinda of expand their lead. Brooks, you were uh, watching a movie and this last night. How did that timeline work out? Did you do both fully? No. So I, I watched a, I watched a movie last night. Um, take you inside baseball. Uh, whenever my my wife does like a, a nighttime activity, like going out with some of her friends, or if she's out of town for 
for a night. That's my nights to catch up on uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe because she doesn't That's like it. Man. And oh, so I've got a list. I know, I know, me. I know. You, you got some, sometimes you got to compromise. I'm going to have to talk to Grace in the car when you, we're you at Please do. Because, you. you know, five, six years of me trying to convince her has not done anything. Um, so I catch up with with my Marvel last night. And so was watching a movie, following along, you know, with, with the, the updates and, and on Twitter. Uh, and so didn't didn't get to the game until it was the top of the 10th inning. I didn't get uh, I saw everything that was going on and didn't get to the top of the 10th inning. And Iglesias was, you know, came out and he was he was pitching really well. And I uh, I just kept sitting and it's and, you know, you, you look at the Braves history over the past couple of years with this ghost runner on second. It, you know, at times it hasn't been great. There's been times where the Braves have taken advantage of it, but then there's, you know, I, I'm sure most Braves country can look at the, can see that and start to get nervous, get, get real nervous. And when Iglesias shut it down in the top of the 10th, you'd say, all right, got a chance. Well, then the Braves, you know, before Ozzy even got up there, you sent Austin Riley, Travis Dorno, and Eddie Rosario to the plate. And Rosario right before Ozzy had a had a yeah. screamer to left field and uh, you know you just hear you know chipper just goes bleed 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 and it just it goes right into uh left fielder's glove for the Mets and then you so it's two outs you get Ozzy up and you're you're already as as a as a Braves fan you're already thinking all right 11th inning you're gonna have to have somebody else shut this down like I don't know if Iglesias goes the second inning you're like who who's gonna come out of the bullpen and then Ozzy, I scared the cat. When Ozzy hit the ball, I scared the cat. The cat <laughs> oh, was sitting right in front of me. Dumpling, she, she like, I, I started yelling, and she looked up with uh, some shock in her eyes. Um, didn't run she under the bed. She ain't that tough. Didn't, didn't run under the bed, <laughs> oh. so she, at least I didn't scare her too much. Uh, I, I was not on the same level as the doorbell, but she, uh, I did scare the cat, but it was, it was a majestic home run, and it got out quick. Like it, the camera didn't even catch. You know, sometimes when you you see it hit the camera, they flipped the camera and you could see it traveling. By the time they flipped the camera, it was landing in the seats, it, so you couldn't, you, you didn't have time to see it on on TV. Um, if I told you going into last night that the, that the Mets would send seven pitchers to the mound, yeah. and all but one would give up at least one run. At least one earned run, all of them. And you know, if, if coming into the series, I said one of the Mets pitchers, starting pitchers, is only going to go three innings. Your money's not being laid on Justin Verlander, but Justin Verlander last night only went three innings, gave up seven hits, four earned runs, uh, walked four, and struck out only three over those those three innings. And so Verlander, you know, you, you came into the series. And you, you saw you had the back-to-back of Scherzer and Verlander, if you're the Braves. And you, you say, all right. And when, when the Braves came back and won that first game, you're like, all right, great. We got one of this one. Now we can face Scherzer and Verlander. Maybe we get another one, but at least we got one from them. Well, then you, you come back and you beat Scherzer. And then you come back and you beat Verlander. And you've got to be feeling really, really good about yourselves right now. Uh, come out and beat two of the the top pitchers in modern baseball history in back to back nights. It, it it's it it's a feat that the Braves are should be very proud of. Um, but you've still got you know you still got a long way to go. It, it you know it's it's a great series. It's a great series win. Absolutely, you widen that gap in, in L East. But you've got you know there there's still you still got to play the Mets 
two more series. You got two more series with the Mets, and probably going to see these guys again at some point in those those uh, right. two rotations. Probably through. a healthier version of this team as and, well. And so you know, it, it's it's so fun, and that that game, and it, especially after you know the last couple nights, I've I've gotten on social media, and I've seen Mets fans complaining and just you know, oh the Braves, you know, and, and then you see the reaction after the Braves sweep them. It's just it's it's joy, really. It's it's joy for a Braves <laughs> fan to watch it. Yeah, you know, it goes back into what uh, I was mentioning yesterday where I think Scherzer and Verlander are just starting to lose something. I mean, they're, they're Verlander's 40 now. Verlander and, threw like eight straight balls at one point. Uh-huh, it was bad. And, which is rare for him. Yeah. I mean, really all of it was rare for him. And The ERA is in the mid-fours now for him in seven starts. Scherzer's somebody the Braves have just seen so much for so long. They've had pretty good success off of him, to be quite honest, or at least it feels that right. way for someone of his caliber. They've been hitting him very well as of late. And it just feels like those guys are, are starting to near the end of the line. doesn't mean they're not going to still have plenty of good performances here the rest of the year. But, you know, they're not Cy Young-level guys the way they're pitching right now, which both of those guys are multi-time Cy Young Award winners. So, obviously, they're a couple of the best pitchers we've had in the sport for the last decade, decade and a half. I, I think that for Atlanta, again, it emphasizes that they have uh, really played well against, you know, I, I won't say against the top teams, but against certainly division for the first part of this year. Um, and that I think that at times they might go through the motions of okay there's some teams here they expect to beat maybe they don't have as great of series the oakland series obviously from last week but i think when they're dialed in i mean it's clear how good they are what their ceiling is and and that they've played to that level a lot um the fact that the mets this was they blew three games where they had three run leads uh, all three games, Mets had at least a three-run lead, and in the middle or late innings. It's not like they scored three right. in the first and Braves chipped on, chipped away. It was like uh, sixth inning, fifth yeah. inning, sixth inning, and then uh, as late as the eighth inning eighth. last yeah. night. Um, so really catastrophic losses for the Mets, as much as a, as a group of losses can be in June. And the Braves, you got to continue to be feeling good about what this lineup does um, when – Guys like Rosario have warmed up into the 250s and Azuna's hitting, and you know that you've got that option, whether Sean Murphy or Travis Starno's in the lineup, you're not really losing anything either way. It, it, Michael Harris is the one guy that has truly struggled all year long, but even he has had signs the last week of, of yeah. starting to come out of it, hitting the ball with authority to left center. So that game last night, though, um, it's going to talk about the broadcast element for a second. So they they designated so Francoeur, Smoltz, uh, Glavin, and, and Chipper Jones. They all kind of they were going to have a different home run call, or or they were all going to have the opportunity to call a home run depending on what inning was. They were going to rotate one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, etc. And so Francoeur got a couple off, and he yeah. did the Hawk Harrelson uh, stretch. You can put it on the board, <laughs> yes. And then all that, uh, all that stuff. And so John Smoltz kept ribbing him that he's got to be all natural, like he's right. got to he's got to not copy somebody else, got to come up with his own call. And so each home run, 
you didn't know what was going to be nope. said. Like, and and I think uh, Chipper got to call the the ninth inning yes, one, maybe the the Arcia home run. I think so. Yeah, and and uh, somebody I, I think it was Smoltz who had to remind him. He was like, he's like Chipper, Chipper. And Chipper yeah, was or, like, oh, or it was the Darno homer, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah Darno, Darno. Yeah, and then Francoeur came back on the ninth one, and then I think Smoltz had the tenth. It was just, it was a lot of fun. Those guys. That'll do it uh, again. Uh, that, <laughs> those guys all cracked me up in various ways. They did have Greg Maddox call in for for a half yeah, inning. Um, that was cool. And I I read David O'Brien a moment ago that they are tentatively trying to work on doing that again in, oh, sometime abs- in August. They absolutely should. And that's just again tremendous because look, I know Smoltz is a is a and the national guy, but he still clearly is brave, loves oh, yeah. the Braves. Obviously, Glavin, Frank Hoare, and Chipper, but in a different capacity, work for the Braves. And it just they all offer something different. You know, I and I, I talked about this as something uh, vastly different earlier when we were talking Auburn basketball and how they're setting up different power forwards to back up Jalen Williams. These these guys all offer something different in the booth because Frank Hoare is the kind of that, that young, energetic guy that – that that likes to crack some jokes. Yeah, for sure. Smoltz is deeply analytical about Absolutely. the game. Um, you know, Chipper Chipper was very he analytical the, about the yeah, game. Yeah, the hitting part um, of it too, for sure. Because you know he's been working with the Braves hitters. Yep. And so he was always able to see, while Smoltz gives you the pitching approach, Chipper's yep. giving the offensive yes, approach. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Glavin's kind of the more down-to-earth. He, he does not, doesn't have a big personality there, but uh, he and, and John were getting into it about the, the, the ad yeah. uh, where uh, chicks dig the long ball or <laughs> yeah, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they kept talking about how Glavin was the better hitter as right, a pitcher, but right. Smoltz had a few more homers. Just that kind of stuff. You know, is so it was so refreshing. Not that anything's wrong with the normal broadcast. There's not, but uh, th- that was just a really cool deal. And again, because we live in our own Braves world, I'm not sure if other teams ever do anything like that or not. I, I mean, everyone usually tries to involve a former player uh, as a color guy or you know something, right? But uh, not always. You know, I mean, the, four legends, right? You know, like uh, I mean, can seriously. you imagine like if? Could you could like I, and some of this stuff you just couldn't see? Like, could no. you really see like Jeter, A Rod, ah. Roger Clemens, ah. and somebody else from the Yankees going up there <laughs> doing that for yes or nah. you know all that stuff? So I mean, this is really cool. I hope they do it again and again. The opportunity to call a absolutely wild oh. game that mattered against the team that you want to beat. Uh, was incredible. That was the perfect storm. Maybe they shouldn't do it again just because of how perfect that was. Like nothing could absolutely, you know, nothing could could be better than how that game went. And then you had the uh, the the deal where, yeah, as you guys talked about, the Braves have really struggled compared to other good teams in extra innings. They got the perfect outcome in the top half. Iglesias mowed them down, and it looked like they were not going to score until Ozzy uh, pimped. Yeah pummeled that one and and so again power up and down the lineup clutch hitting there first really good home series in a while demonstrative home series because they were only a couple over right 500 at home checked all the boxes uh, for the braves throughout this week and again they will uh, start a three-game set with washington tonight but again i doubt it'll be as fun as it was last night we're going to take our next time out of the show when we come back we're going to have a what to watch for over the weekend, including the NBA Finals and everything else going on in the world of sports. You're listening to the Friday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Mm-hmm. 
Time out. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. Now, back to the multi-time Abbey Award-winning Sports Call. Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. Ryan Lavoy, Brooks Childress, and Cam Barry with you here on this Friday afternoon, starting to wind down this week in Sports Call. Certainly appreciate the slew of callers we had earlier in this show. As we continue on, though, we always try to get you set for the weekend, and let's do that right now. Sports Calls, what to watch for over the weekend. All right, what to watch for over the weekend. This first one will be a little bit more extended than the other ones. Break down a little bit of the NBA Finals. Game Ooh. four coming up tonight in Miami. 2-1 Nuggets after a demonstrative performance from Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray in game three. Cam, what needs to change for Miami to win game four, even this thing up going back to Denver? Well, you probably shouldn't allow both of the star players for Denver to get a triple-double. That That's kind of where you start. Yeah. <laughs> that, start. that might help. Um, uh, you really need to get Jimmy Butler going. You know, he's been the one that's been, you know, Bam, Bam Adebayo has been doing his thing. He's been able to really, you know, he hasn't been exactly the most efficient in his scoring. Yeah, he did. You know, have a rough yeah, mid-range timing, but but that's totally fine, and he's active, and really that mid-range shot is where he lives and and he plays well. He can make that shot. We saw him. We've I've seen him make it. You yeah. know, tons and tons of times. So I'm cool with him taking that shot, even if it's not falling. I appreciate the aggression. Um, it's really Jimmy Butler. You know, he can't just be getting it going late in these games. He's got to be aggressive throughout the entirety of the game. Um, and and continue to to play at a, at a at an aggressive pace. If not, then the Heat don't stand much of a chance. If we're being honest, because if you can just if J- if Jimmy continues to be aggressive, Bam continues to be aggressive, then you get then you appreciate more of what you know what happened in in Game Two where where Duncan Robinson had a quick 10 points uh, out of nowhere. Boom, that helps you. Gabe Vincent had another, you know, he had 22 points. Um, those those numbers are more appreciated. Max Struess, you know, gets his threes, gets two, three, four threes in a game uh, and, and gets his consistency back up. It's those um, because those guys aren't going to be able to carry the load for your team. It's Jimmy and Bam. Those are the two that truly have to do it. Um, uh you know, it, they're go- Denver is hard to stop. That's obvious. Um, the Kevin Love starting move is good, and I think that's a good consistent thing that I think Spolster is going to ride with because um, it kind of limits Aaron Gordon a little bit. Um, and and so with that, I think um, you know, just I think Caleb Martin's just too small, really, just to really. Yeah, I mean, we we saw it in Game One. He's just too small. He, I mean, Aaron Gordon just punished him in the paint. Uh, so you can't go back to that. Kevin Love adds that weight a little bit. He might he's a little slower, he's a little older, of course, but that weight and and it makes it harder for him to to be uh, back down. So it's understandable why Spolstra went with him as the starter these last three three games, um, or I guess the last two games, games two and three. Um, so I would expect him to be in the starting lineup again. 
So we'll we'll just have to see. But I really think it predicates on Jimmy Butler. That's where it starts. Um, he is the leader of this team. He is the heart and soul of this team. He, um, you know, embodies everything that this team wants to be. And he's, you know, right now he's the face of the franchise. So, you know, being that, you just got to, you know, be that, step up. And he really, I mean, we know he can be. We've seen it throughout the playoffs that he can be that guy, himmy Jimmy Butler, um, you know, Jimmy Buckets, all of the, all of that, all of it, you know, uh, playoff Jimmy, which he doesn't even like that because he, you know, he's like, I'm Jimmy all the time. But um, he he likes, he needs to just get back to that, being who he is, the the elite two-way player that we all are, are aware that he can be. So that's where it begins. Jimmy Butler needs to get going early uh, for, for, the, for the Heat not to fall down 3-1. Brooks, who you got in game four tonight? You see, I, I want to say that the Heat bounce back, but yeah. after watching Murray and Jokic do what they did the other night, Man. if just like just one of them has that you know a similar performance, and it doesn't even have to be a you know a thirty point triple double, they just you have a similar performance. Right. I think the Nuggets win. I think the Nuggets take a three one series lead tonight, and uh, and I, I think the Heat get one more in the series. I think they make uh, I, like I said at the beginning of the series. I thought it, I think this game the series goes six. But I think tonight it goes to three one. Yeah, I I, I kind of thought that Miami would win Game Three and then the dam would break and, and Denver would would rattle off three straight. And I'm a little concerned that that's going to happen even prematurely and that that Denver's going to go ahead and win four and five. The, the thing for me is I, I look I look at it at and I kind of use this for how we were talking baseball in the NL East yesterday. I look at it what's still available. What what can people do better? What 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 assumptions can we make and where are there areas to improve? The concerning thing for Miami should be that Michael Porter Jr. has been useless yeah. the last two games of this series. Facts. KCP has been borderline useless the la- really the entire series. So really, and Bruce Brown's not been as good as he, he's been fine, yeah, he's but been he's solid, not been not up a, to his yeah. ceiling that he was at, uh, say, Western Conference Finals and, and before. So I've got multiple players I can point to to Denver that can give them more pretty realistically. I mean, right. th- those are realistic things that can happen. Caldwell Pope can hit three threes in a yeah. game and, and defend without fouling, unlike the last couple games. And Michael Porter Jr. can score 15 to 20 points and, and get eight rebounds. Right. So those things can happen. Um, there's really nothing other than Christian Brown Christian having Brown. a random yeah, that's what I was going to say. He, that, he, he's, he helped alleviate that pressure very much on, on both sides of the ball. Got a steal, an emphatic dunk. I mean, loved watching him play. There, there's really nothing outside of Brown with Denver right now that doesn't feel repeatable game after game. Um, I think that Jokic will always have a high – amount of impact it's just it's going to happen whether right it's going to be he, he's going to he's going to account for 50 points he will account for 50 points he will either have right. 25 points and he'll have like 12 or 13 assists he'll have 40 points and five assists he'll have 21 16 and 17 right he's going to account for 50 points between his his scoring and his assisting so yeah. he's going to have that and at this point, Jamal Murray is going to play well. Yeah, he's on, he's on another level. You might be able to make him less aggressive at times, but Jamal Murray in the playoffs has been something completely different than Jamal Murray in the regular season. And uh, he hit 
the I you know even in in games that kind of turn into double digit games like like game three I thought he hit the single most important shot of game three he had gotten an 8-0 Caleb Martin run and gone up four. And this was like four minutes, five minutes ago, the first half. Mm -hmm. And Murray hits a step-back contested three with a second on the shot clock. Yeah, And I don't think Miami ever had another good sequence like that again, where they had gone on the the Caleb Martin heater. Right. Um, And so Murray just has these very impactful threes, and he's played consistently well. I think those things will continue. So for Miami, last thing I know we got to move on is I don't. Again, this goes back to they don't have enough to match Denver when Denver is playing well offensively. Right. They don't. Butler had twenty eight in Game Three. He was eleven and twenty four. Adebayo right. was seven and twenty one. So of course the efficiency could be better. Um, but is it realistic? You ask yourself. And you can argue somewhat because of the playoffs, but based off everything you know about these players, not just this postseason, but regular season, dating back to the other years, you are not going to get 19-point-a-game Caleb Martin forever. Right. You were not going to, or you are not going to get Max Struess to hit five threes in every game. Yeah. Or Gabe Vincent to score 20 in every game. There will be times, but unlike when Denver, where it's like, all right, well... You know that even if Murray's not locked in, he'll get 18 or 20. And you know that even if Jokic is having a lesser game by his standards, he'll still have 25, 13, and 12. Yeah. You know, like like right, that's right. a that's a lesser game for him for at sure. this point. For sure. Well, if Gabe Vincent has a lesser game, it's nine points or yeah, eight it's, points. It's and if Duncan Robinson has a lesser game, he doesn't score. Or or if Max Schrutz has a lesser game, he's two of eight. Yeah, so doesn't, or doesn't score as well, the right? The problem is is that the Heat have to have the very best version be of it. all their players Absolutely. to match just the good version of a lot of Denver's players. And so that's the simplest way I can put it in yeah. terms of if the Heat can't do anything – to knock down Denver's level from from great to kind of good or from good to okay, Miami doesn't really have enough offense to 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 match that. Um, it was a lower scoring game in general in Game Three, but it's not because Denver didn't score a decent amount of points. One hundred and eight, one hundred nine points, whatever it was, is still a decent amount for an NBA Finals game. It was Miami scoring ninety four. Right, that is is not a lot of points. Yeah, and. Again, Denver, I would expect them to score around that in every game unless it was awful. So I want to see Miami try the zone again. Yeah, They need to do it a lot. I know people will argue that in game two, Denver still got good shot quality on it. I get it, but the difference is they didn't go in. Right. So yeah. they had to uh, operate a little differently. And then I want to see um, – I want to see Butler's aggressiveness, not that it's necessarily necessary. Yeah. <laughs> a weird term there. <laughs> But I think he and Adebayo understood in Game 3 that the role players were just didn't have it. Right. And so they got aggressive pretty early. I want to see if Butler has that recognition again. Because, again, he took 24 shots. That's a fair amount. Adebayo yeah. took 21. Right. That's You're a right. fair amount. That's true. That's true. Um, so I think they got it. I think they understood th- that, that they needed to do that. They just weren't quite at their best level efficiently. Right. So I want to see how early it takes for them to say, nope. I don't know if Lowry's giving us anything tonight. I yeah. don't know if Struce is giving us anything tonight. And, and see how quickly they, they get that aggression back. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I um, 
question before yep. I give my last point as well. Who do you have? I have Denver. I Denver. think they're about to yeah. rattle off three in a row. I, think I just so. think there's yeah. too many ways for them to score and not quite enough ways for Miami to keep up. Gotcha. I, ex- I expect Denver as well. Um, one thing that I would absolutely want if you're Miami is limiting – Jokic's assists that is that's something not because he's gonna get his points wise either way just because of just how he is and the two man that he and he and uh, Murray run it, it's you know it's gonna happen but it's getting all of the other players involved the way that Jokic does you know uh, the high assist number if you keep that because in game two uh, Jokic only had four assists and he had 40 points but only four assists and that was the reason I feel like they lost that game, that Denver lost the game and Miami ended up winning was because Jokic wasn't being able to get everybody involved. Sure, he had 18 in the third, but he only he accounted for probably, what, 80% of the points in that quarter, you know? So it's not getting everybody involved. It's, it's That's something that is a, truly a part of his game is is really getting passing, getting everybody involved, seeing uh, seeing the, the passing lanes and everything. It's, it's that ability that really makes him so special. If you can take the, take away that dimension of his game, if you're the Miami Heat, it, it makes your life a lot easier because you're not having to worry so much about that. So I would I would say stick to the zone. You know, I would I would almost not double team. I would stay home a little bit more because yeah, he's he might kill you in the individual matchups. Bam, you know, it's just a it's just a hard matchup. It just is. He's just he's one of the best players and he is the best player in the league right now. It's just a hard matchup. But if you can bat if you don't double team him, if you stay in that zone and if you're Miami, you stay disciplined, then you you take away that passing opportunity for him. You focus on your man. You take away that passing opportunity. Then okay, cool. Jokic scores forty, but everybody else had like four, five, six points. So you're you're not you're you live with that. You live with Murray has his eighteen. You know Jokic has forty. Maybe maybe uh, <laughs> Murray has you know twenty five. Whatever. Um, but you're fine because you're doing what you do as a Miami Heat. Your your team is you know. Hopefully the role players are hitting their shots. That's something that's obviously absolutely necessary and key. Um, But holding everybody else on the Nuggets to a lower standard, that is something that would absolutely help them win the game. Yeah, Jokic does – he's probably the best in the league at hitting like a distressed (laughs) 10, 11, 12 shots. Exactly, yeah. Like it seems like it's contested well. He might be a little off balance or off a different foot or something. Right. And it, it will hit the rim, and it, he has the perfect touch on it. Again, the touch he has for the size he is is one of the, one of the many things that make him so unique. Let's continue on here with what to watch for over the weekend. Sports calls, what to watch for over the weekend. Stanley Cup playoffs continuing. Stanley Cup finals Aki. to be exact. As the Florida Panthers got one last night in overtime. Uh, what disrupting what was a dominant first two games by Las Vegas, 2-1. to one. Brooks, I don't know if you were able to catch the game winner of that. I turned over from the Braves uh, and, and realized that Vegas and Ford about to start an overtime period and then didn't take too long in that overtime period. Yeah, uh, I, I, I caught the last little bit of it. Um, I, I think that this was, the, contrary to what I, I think about the, the other South Florida professional team, I think that was the... Uh, we got one 
uh, game. I think Vegas rattles off two in a row here because they, they were so dominant in those first two. And really, you know, you, you look back at it last night, they, they had chances to win that one. They had they had chances to uh, quite a few chances to win that one um, before it even got close to overtime. And but uh, Florida's goalkeeper was was on it last night. I don't know if he can be on it the next two the next two nights. Obrowski. Yeah, and yep. and so I'm I, I think that Vegas was like, all right, there's your one. You, we're going to spot you one, gentlemen. Sweet now. And so I, I think that I think Vegas rattles off two more. Yeah, I I I, I will admit I don't get a great feel. Uh, for hockey it just feels and maybe just because i've not watched as much of it although i've certainly followed the playoffs for a decade plus now uh i basically because the lightning always have made the playoffs for a decade plus for the most part but uh, i just don't ever have a great feel with these things and is just i mean as, as big as vegas did blow out florida in the first two games i think tom said like on wednesday yeah this series looks like it's over I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it just right. it doesn't feel hockey seems so so game to game to me that I don't know. Let's do one more real quick. Sports calls, what to watch for over the weekend. The super regionals for college baseball kicking off right now. Uh, regional super regionals throughout the country. The weird one going on of TCU and Indiana State, but at TCU, despite Indiana State being the seed there. Do you guys how much college baseball do you think you'll take in this weekend? Little to eh, none. Oh, I might, I might watch an SEC team or two, maybe a little. But yeah, Florida, little, South Carolina series. Yeah, yeah, maybe that one. That one could be, could be interesting. Other than that, I don't have much interest. A mild amount. I, I'm, I'm, I'm. I'll, I'll you were sitting there amount. for every, uh, every pitch. At I was, Park. and then you know yeah. you, you got the Southern Miss Golden Eagles hosting a super regional against Tennessee. Tennessee fans. It's been fun to watch how, uh, oh, how hurt they are on a. On, they've been bent and it, out of shape. It, you see, it, the thing is, it's, it's they don't understand. It's, it's the that they're not understanding the seating because. Yeah, Southern Miss was the higher, higher two seed, yeah. and they're like, "Well, we should have hosted." We no, that's not no. how seeding works. The only reason that Indiana State is not hosting their re- their super regional right now is because of conflicts with Special Olympics up there right. in in uh, Terre Haute, uh, Indiana. But it, Tennessee fans, you you got to understand this is how it's supposed to. It's how it works. Southern Miss was the higher two seed than y'all were. Sure, y'all may, you know, I don't know what the dimensions of the ballparks are, but maybe y'all have a little bit bigger ballpark there. Uh, even though uh, Lindsey, uh, what is it? Uh, Lindsey Nelson, 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 Nelson Stadium is not that big of a venue, but, you know, you still probably have a bigger ballpark than Southern Miss, but they were the higher two seed. Y'all didn't get the job done in the regular season to get that higher two seed slot, so you got to go on the road. And, you know, if you can't win on the road against Southern Miss, you don't belong in the uh, College World Series. Southern Miss is a good baseball team. Don't you know? Don't want to take that away from from them. But if you watch them this past weekend at the Auburn uh, Regional, they're beatable. And if Tennessee, you can't go down there and beat them with your this high and mighty team that should be hosting. You don't deserve to be in the College World Series, just like you didn't deserve to be there last year because you didn't win them all the games. Uh, not much love for Tennessee baseball on on this uh, on this podcast. Well, I, and I don't care. <laughs> like em, normally, I wouldn't be. I'd be fine with Tennessee baseball. But it's just that they're complaining, and it's it's baseless complaining. Yeah, it's it's a sense of entitlement. Yeah. All right, uh, we are about out of time for the show today. Let's get to a nightly TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. 
What do we have tonight, Brooks? Well, the nightly TV guy brought to you by our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. We'll start off in the movie world tonight. We've got a couple movies for you. Six o'clock on Bravo. It's the Bourne Supremacy, part of the Bourne, Jason Bourne series. Did yeah, it's I on Bravo. expect that to be on Bravo? No. no. See? You haven't ever <laughs> expect things. Uh, but the Bourne Supremacy, 6 o'clock on Bravo. Then, if you're not into the, the spy action thriller, maybe you want some more like magic sci-fi kind of deal, 7 o'clock on E! Network, it's Harry Potter and the uh, the Order of the Phoenix, the fifth installment of the Harry Potter film series, tonight on E! the 7 o'clock. Sports for you this evening, we got a, a handful of a lot of different things, starting at 7 o'clock on ESPNU. It is o, uh, Oral Roberts visiting Oregon, one of those NCAA uh, re- super regionals up there in the Pacific Northwest. 7 o'clock on FS1 tonight. You'll have some NHRA drag racing. The New England Nationals getting underway up in New Hampshire this weekend. Also, 7.30 tonight on ABC. It's Game 4 of the NBA Finals. The Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat going at it. Miami. Thank you for putting that on You're there. welcome. It may not be on the graphic, but oh. I, I mentioned it. Um, and so they are, Miami looking to bounce back after a loss. Denver looking to take a 3-1 series lead. And, of course, tonight at 620 on Bally Sports Southeast, it's the Atlanta Braves coming off a big win over the Mets last night. Open up a three-game set with the Washington Nationals. First game is tonight. Pitching, uh, starting pitching debut for A.J. Sh- uh, Shaver. Smith Shaver. Smith Shaver. Yeah. I, I can never get his name right. But his... Uh, his starting debut for the Atlanta Braves tonight. Thank you very much, Brooks. That's the Nightly TV Guy presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Yes, thank you for being on throughout this week. We'll see you again next week. See you then. And Cam, thank you for being on today. Hope you have a great weekend. We'll see you out there at Poker Run on Saturday. Oh, yeah. See you again next week. Yes, sir. See you next week. And that will do it for the show today. As always, we appreciate all those that tuned in, not only today, but throughout the week. For Brooks Childress and Cam Berry, my name is Ryan LaVoy. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you again on Monday.